listening to another powerful message from C3 Southwest Washington. We are so excited you're here with us, and we believe God has more in store for you. Merry Christmas! Oh, y'all look good out there. I have my little sparklies on. You like that? <laughs> Woo! Uh, it is, it is good to be with you in God's house today. It's an exciting time. It's a time for us just to pause. Hopefully, has anybody had a time to pause? <laughs> well, we give you permission. You are here this morning. So just to pause and reflect on Christmas. There, I am so excited because you know, the worship team, we didn't meet earlier and they didn't know anything about what I was going to be sharing today but the theme is, is focused on the savior the savior and what that means and and what gift that is for for us that's exciting so uh, again welcome you uh before we get started just a verbal reminder next sunday do you come not here <laughs> Meet us, meet us on. We will see you then. Um, so yes, get to spend some time with your family and friend, friends. But just a reminder: we want to make sure we communicate every way for for everyone, right? Uh, if you have your Bible, which I I hope some of you do, it's a, I think a lost art. I don't know if that's right, that's right for you. Lost. Um, thank you, Abby. You have your Bible. Um, I'm going to have you turn with me. And if you don't have yours, you know, I, you know, I know some use the phone. Um, you can read uh, on the back screen with me. I'm going to uh, be reading from um, the book, chapter 2, verses 10 through 11. And we, all, we, just, we just saw a video uh, clip of the, the Bible story. But I want to take a portion of verses and let our focus be there. Because I think when we read the Bible story, these guys get looked over, I think. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, shepherds, angels, let's go back there and let's visit that and see what's going on there. So that's going to be uh, our focus this morning. Luke chapter 2, verse 10 through 11. It says, but the angel said to them, today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you. A Savior was born for you. Who is the Messiah, the Lord? When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. We've been in the series, What Child Is This? And I'm just going to round it out with what child is this? A savior born for you. Oh, that's powerful. So why don't we pray, pray with me and that the word will just take on, maybe, you, you, maybe you'll see something different, see something that, that, wow, I never thought of it that way before, or either create a passion, a burning in your heart for, your, for those, those that need to find this savior. Amen? Okay, why don't you pray with me? Jesus, we just thank you for coming to this world as a baby. God sending your son 
in an unexpected way, way, but all-powerful, all-knowing, the Savior sent for us. There was purpose and planning in that to set your people free. Let us know and be mindful and illuminate your truth to us that we will see something fresh and new this morning in your word. Amen. Amen. Why don't you, you could give high five to somebody next to you. Merry Christmas. Hug whatever you like. And then you may have a seat. Can I read without my glasses? Maybe. If I, what? <laughs> I just, they're inconvenient, right? Yes, they are. You have to keep track. And I can remember one time I was with my grandkids, and I'm having, you know, the print was like that. And I'm, I'm trying to read it, and my grandson, Eldon, he said, Gamma. I said, yeah. Yes, Eldon. He said, go like this. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> Smarty pants. <laughs> if only that worked. <laughs> So he must have seen me do it before, right? That must work. Go like that. If it was only that simple. But it is not. Um, so I'm going to try. If I start squinting too much, I'll throw my glasses back on. But what child is this? A Savior born for you. Okay. So everybody has their traditions, right? You have yours. I have ours. Mine. Ours. And our traditions begin early in the month of December when, since when the kids were little. Now it's obviously different. They're older. But as little ones, we baked lots of Christmas cookies because they're going to last us this all December. And so we sugar cookie cutouts, and we cut them out, and we sprinkled, and we ate all through the month. Muppets Christmas Carol? Woo! Woo! That is no? Jen. Anybody else? Nobody? <laughs> All right. If you don't have it, Michael Caine. It is awesome. So Muppets Christmas Carol, we did that. Um, and we, everybody, our kids had their own Christmas tree in their room, their own wreath on the door. It was great. Christmas Eve, we, we made sure we are going to go to church, got dressed up. Then we came home, and then we got our comfy clothes on, and it was on. Yeah. I remember we have a, oh, if I could, if I could have found, found it, I don't have it, but uh, I can remember we took a little clip in our video collection. There's a little clip of my son, Steve, and he is so excited and about Christmas. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. He's just trying to keep himself. To, it's Christmas. He was just so excited. Um, but Christmas Eve, that is our Christmas, people. The lights. And we just, uh, the, we, we did a Bible story. We made sure we read it from the Bible. Uh, so, you know, we could incorporate the kids with that. And then we did our happy birthday Jesus party, just a little bit. We had cake or cupcakes. We would sing just like a happy birthday to you, Jesus. And then we would be able to get our gifts. And it was awesome. There was paper everywhere. I mean, we didn't even clean it up. That was the fun of it. Then, then, we went to, then I went to sleep, <laughs> and their dad stayed up with them to figure out what they were looking at or set up a PlayStation or the Xbox or watch a Christmas movie. But the best part 
was it? They slept in the next morning, which was awesome. And everyone woke up when they wanted to and ate their candy at night. Well, everyone went to bed, and it was just great. It was just some, a fun thing for us to do. Uh, so that was our, and this, these guys, look at this. Isn't that great? Yeah. Oh, that's our tanner. We had a boxer. I don't know if any of you may maybe, oh, we have some that remember Tanner. He was a good old dog. <laughs> and there are my kids making funny face. They're just gorgeous, aren't they? <laughs> uh, well, this was our Christmas tradition. Um, um, and look at this scripture. I want to bring your attention, again, just to Luke uh, chapter 2. But I'm gonna, We're going to look at verse 10 first. It says, but the angel said to them, Today, in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. It's just, it's just like, wow, this is an announcement. This is, the, this is the new people have been waiting for, the leaders, the teachers, the Israelites. They have been waiting for the Messiah. They've heard, and he's coming. He is a, a king, and he's going to make himself known. It would make more sense, right, that the angels would have shown up at the, at the temple? Whether showing up in King's Herod Palace, because this guy we wanted to kill him. He was well, well, maybe it didn't happen as of yet, but that was the, the that was going to be the king's plan. So, and he didn't show up to the leaders. Leaders show up to the officials. He didn't show up in the temple. This news was given to shepherds in the field. Nobody knew they were out there. They were just doing their job, going about life. But what's awesome is these shepherds were ready to hear this word. God knew that I'm going to send these, this news to the shepherds because I know what they will do with it. I know that they are ready to hear it. And so they, it says that uh, they, the angels, they went right to the right place, and they accepted and responded the verses say that they went straight. They didn't ask questions. There was, there was no doubt. They said, let's go. We need to go here. We need to go see what the angels have, have told us. So the question I want to ask you this morning, and just that we can think of it uh, together, it says, what, who is the Savior for? A Savior is born for, for you. There was a reason. But who? Who is the you? So I want, I'm going to uh, just talk about two groups today and bring your attention. That a Savior was born for your children. Mom and Dad, if this, this is you, Grandma and Grandpa, whoever is, is raising or influencing, your, who is influencing children, a Savior was born for them. Uh, Mary and Joseph, we know that we've been talking about what is a child. We've been looking at Jesus as humanity. That, yes, he was God, but he was, he was a, a baby. He was human. He came as, came as an infant. Mary and Joseph were just mom and dad. So uh, as I was reading this, they said they swaddled him in cloths, us, or him in cloths. I said, so what is that? Is there some like, special meaning? Because you know, everything in the Bible has special meaning, Right. And so look that up. And it's like, no. It says, baby, how many of you ever swaddled your baby? Wrapped up tight? That's all they did. 
They took these strips, and it was just customary. They wrapped the baby tight, and they swaddled him because this helped for, to strengthen his bones and his, you know, and his back. So that was the reason of the swaddling. So this lets me know that Mary and Joseph made sure that they began to take care of him physically. But as we read scripture, we also see that Joseph and Mary took care of Jesus' spiritual growth as well. Uh, Luke, Luke 2, 39 to 41 tells us this. It says, when Jesus' parents had fulfilled all the requirements of the law. Excuse me, I have to put my glasses on. <laughs> I'm not squinting. Of, uh, the law of the Lord. They returned home to Nazareth in Galilee. There the child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled with wisdom, and God's favor was on him. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. So what I see here is that Mary and Joseph, they, were, they made sure that they followed the customs, that they, they were in the temple. They made sure that every year they, they were, uh, it says here, they, the parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover. So I have to believe that they were, they were conscious of Jesus' spiritual uh, well-being, that they led by example, that in their house they, talk about, they talked about the word. They talked about the things that their ancestors had passed on to them because they wanted to instill this wisdom. The word says that he grew. It wasn't just deposited in him overnight or instantly. So where did he, how did he get that information? Mom and dad. It was given to him. It was in his house. So uh, there's a uh, Psalm 78, verse 4 and 7. It says, when we, we will not hide them, their children. Did I read that right? Okay, thank you. <laughs> we will not hide them from their children, but we will tell a future generation the praiseworthy acts of the Lord, his might, and the wondrous works has performed. They were to rise and tell their children so that they might put their confidence in God and not forget God's works, but keep his commandments. That is a word for, for us. If, you, if we are raising our children to be followers of Jesus, just it doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen on their own, on its own. As mom and dad, as grandma and grandpa, or if you're, if you're an uncle and you have children around you, it is our job together to instill God's word and heard and his, make him a priority in their life, to tell our children about the goodness of God, what he has done for you, and what he can do for them. Because how else will they find out that Jesus can heal them? How else will they find out if they need some financial means that, hey, you know what? I had a need one time or several times, and God met that need. Um, so yeah, I just want you know, just to share with you some things that we did with our kids growing up because we knew that we had a responsibility as mom and dad. It was our responsibility to raise our kids up to know and follow Jesus to the best of our ability. Granted, um, our kids, 
you know, everyone has their own uh, will. They have to decide. But we were going to do all within our power to make it happen and bring God, bring Jesus into their world. And so some things that we did as the kids were growing up was when one of them was, I don't even know if they remember any, will remember any of these, but I know when one of our kids or any of us were sick, we would get them around whoever was sick, and it's like, okay, put, put your hand on, we're going to pray that Jesus heals their body, and when their little hands get on that, and we would start praying for whoever was sick, because we wanted to let our kids to know that, hey, Jesus heals, and you know that a child has faith. You tell them, okay, he's going to heal them. And so we prayed. We included them in that prayer. When we had an opportunity to serve, we brought the kids with us. It doesn't, didn't matter what we were doing. We're going to do it as a family. And it, our, it is so awesome to see our young people, our children, serving in, God, in God's house. This morning we had a team huddle. And there were about 15, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 of, 14 of us there. Nine of them were un, 30 and under, which is so awesome. I looked around and said, said, that is awesome. That is good parental influence because somebody told their children that Jesus is a priority. Somebody made sure that they were in God's house to know that I can serve, and God has purpose for me. So whatever you're doing, if you serve in God's house, mom and dad, grandma, grandpa, whatever you're doing, if you're a refresh, uh, no, is that refresh team? Refresh team. If you are greet, it is awesome when our kids are out there greeting, is holding signs. That is great. Don't you think? Absolutely. So find a way to, to have your, your children serve. We, no matter, we even have um, some of our kids uh, that attend C3 Kids. Once a month, some of them serve with our copters, with our young ones, and just developing that, that desire to serve in God's house. And also, we always made, as our children were growing up, that they would know the Savior. We made sure that being in God's house was priority. And they, we, we didn't ever have like a sleepover on a Saturday night because how many of you know that if you stay up late on a Saturday night or you're doing lots of things, it's hard to be energetic for Sunday morning church, right? I don't know. That's just me. So we, we always guarded that. We guarded that with our kids, and we had them in God's house. Everything else, we worked around it, but we wanted them to be here in a place where they could meet Jesus. Yes, Jesus could be revealed outside, maybe in, in a different environment, but it's something about being in God's house, being present in a place where we together are, are united with the thought of having an experience with God, and we wanted to make sure that our kids were in that place to be, be where they hear the word, because God has a word for all of us, yes? And if we are listening and we are in that, in that place, then he can speak to our kids, and that one day he will be revealed, and they will know him, him, their Lord and Savior. So he was born a Savior for our kids. He was also, also born 
to be a savior for our family, for your family, for our family, for, I want to just say maybe loved, loved one. It could be a friend. It could be uh, family members that maybe don't know Jesus. Uh, how, uh, how many of you do um, Hallmark movies during the holidays? Oh, yes. I signed up for a Hallmark subscription for the month of, month of December. I will cancel it because there's something is lost. Went to trying to watch Christmas movies after Christmas. Just not the same thing. Uh, so that, that's part of, uh, you know, what I enjoy doing. So I looked up just some Hallmark quotes uh, that on cards. It says, the best Christmas gift is not wrapped in ribbons and found waiting under the tree. It's the love that we give and the love we receive. The best gift is family. And here's another quote. As long as we have family, we have everything. These are beautiful quotes, and, some, and we love our family, but we know that this is not the scenario for every family, right? <laughs> it's not all gift wrapping and bows. Sometimes it, there, there's hurt. There is um, maybe you're with family, even though you don't like them, but out of the holiday obligation, you're forced together. So you've got family that don't like each other and they're forced together. That doesn't sound like a good mix. <laughs> uh, and then there's tension. And then it just, you know, something is said. There's an offense. And then it just blows up. And then you ask yourself, why did we even come? Why do we even get, to get together? There is no hope for these individuals. <laughs> but as followers of Jesus, underline, highlight, as followers of Jesus, we cannot lose, lose sight of the main goal. A Savior was born for our family, for our ones, for our friends. And so I, you know, these scriptures give me uh, God, God's for Jesus being birth, uh, born at birth. <laughs> Acts chapter 4, verse 12, 12. says, There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. Matthew 1, 21. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. So if God, God's plan is clearly salvation, that's why he sent Jesus, right? So if that is his plan, then that has to be my plan. I need to get aligned with, with him and know that my family needs God. It doesn't matter how I feel or what my thought about them might be or what I see. I need to be persistent and bringing the Savior into their life, that they can know the love of Jesus. I uh, came across an article, How Can I Pray for My Unsaved Loved Ones? It's a, a title of a, a blog posted by Amy Swanson on Christianity.com. So you can go there if you like to later. Um, and I just want to give you, she, she gave several areas 
of where, how we can pray for our family members. But I'm just going to give mention to you six of them. And these are the six. To, to keep them that unsaved loved ones would be given a new heart. And there's a scripture for that, Ezekiel 36, 26. You're saying, well, how do I pray for my loved one? How, do, how does that happen that they can know a Savior? Because right now, they don't want anything to do with God. They don't want anything to do with church. Maybe they don't want anything to do with me because of who I re represent. But this is one way to pray for their heart. You could also pray that your unsaved loved ones are given a renewed mind. Romans 12, 2. You can pray that your unsaved loved ones will be given the light. Jesus has recovered. And Luke 4, 18. That he would be able to re just be revealed to them. And they can know who he is. And that our unsaved loved ones would have ears to hear. Matthew, Matthew 11, just like those shepherds, when the angels brought that good news, the shepherds were ready. They were listening. They were in a place that they could hear and take the word. And that's what we need to believe for our family members, for our loved ones, for our, for our friends, that, that the spirit of God could take hold of their lives, that can transform their heart and soften it, can, it can transform their mind, that they will receive truth. They could see what Jesus has for them, and they will receive it. That we can be the, the light that shines among others. That's in Matthew 5, 16. And the last one, just to keep in mind that we would never cease in prayer for our family and loved ones. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. And, you know, sometimes I know that it's hard to pray for our family and loved ones because we see their life. We see that uh, maybe we don't have a close relationship. Maybe something has been broken in that relationship. Um, my, uh, my dad uh, had been serving God for, uh, you know, as we were growing up. Um, and then he just stepped away. He, just, he, he decided to do that. He didn't want to serve Jesus anymore. And uh, he decided just to leave and to follow what he thought would fulfill his life. And so for, for years, he was on his own. But my mom, she never stopped praying for him. I would get calls from my dad, and then he's not making any sense. He was just talking about things. And, and even I was just like, you know, will, will he ever his thoughts right will he ever come to back to knowing jesus but my mom was faithful she she continued to pray for him she continued to bring his name even though um you know uh, she there was there were challenges just there she remained faithful to pray for my dad and my dad wound up in the hospital with diabetes and and he had gangrene so there it didn't look like he was going to pull through and so he, his last days were in the, in the hospital, and my mom just continued to pray, and it was after uh, somebody went to visit him. It was the last visitor that my dad, my dad had. He told, this visitor told my mom, hey, Annie, I just want to let you know that I was able to, able to pray Paul. 
and he accepted Jesus back into his life. And this was something she was unsure of. She didn't know, but she continued to she continued to believe that Jesus would reveal himself when he was ready. Just like this message of the shepherds and the, that the angels had, the, the shepherds were ready. The people in the temple, the king, the leaders, they weren't ready. They weren't the right mindset. Maybe, and I don't know why, but the word came to a group of people, the shepherds in the field. They were ready. And they, they had no question. They said, let's go. Let's go see. I don't doubt because they were in a place where their, their, their hearts were soft. Their minds were renewed. They were waiting for the Savior. And he came and they saw and they believed. And what did they do? They went and they told others. This is so awesome, such a word, that the Savior is born for you. He is born for our children. He is born for our loved ones. And this morning, if you are here and you don't know this Jesus, he is born for you. You know, I, I have memories also of uh, Christmas. And I don't know if it's a Hispanic thing. Or not. Uh, but this was my uh, experience growing up with Christmas. Christmas happened within, you know, like a, for us it was like Christmas Eve. And it, we went to a, uh, I come from a small Hispanic church. So we would, every church had a production. And it was Mary and Joseph and the baby and everyone dressed in cost, you know, got their costumes on. And we're going to go here, watch the play about baby Jesus being born. So we had a Christmas Eve service. We left the service and we made sure to grab our paper bag of goodies because they're nuts, hard candy, the orange, right? I don't know. Anybody? Yeah. <laughs> and this was our goodie bag. And I'm like, oh, we're going home. Go home. We have tamales or menudo, pozole, whatever is there. And we would have it. But we're not going to open presents yet. Because you know why? It's not 12 o'clock midnight. Get Amazon. Go to bed. Oh, <laughs> you guys, my kids, you should be glad we didn't do that. Do that for you. So 12 o'clock, we're sleeping. <laughs> no joke. 12 o'clock midnight. Time to get up. And my dad, that's when we had our, the video cameras with the lights. <laughs> Wake up. It's time for, time for Chris. And all I remember, it got this light shining in my face. Wake up. Let's go. So we would get up. We're going to go unwrap presents. We unwrap presents. It's over. Go back to bed. <laughs> so we went back to bed. And that was, that was pretty much what we did for, for Christmas. Um, and so, you know, growing up, that's what we did. That's what I knew. And I can remember at the age of 19, I said, there has to be more. There was a story. There was, you know, being excited about Christmas. But I was missing something. There was not that relationship. There wasn't the meaning of Christmas was lacking in my life. And I went to church. Uh, my mom made sure we were always in, you know, we, we were in a church that was Bible-based, that we could uh, grow and serve and know that uh, Jesus was, was being preached. 
And um, I can remember one one day that while we while we were in church, this was for me. While we were in we were in church, while I was in church, I can remember at the age of nineteen, just lifting my hand, and I was doing all the I was serving, I was in church, I was doing all the right things, and I can remember saying, God, God, if there is something more, if there is something more than just coming to church, serving. Doing what I know, I know, I want it. I want it. And wouldn't you know it? There's more. The more. And he said, okay. And it's, and this, and it, it's just history from there. For me, he, it, and it happens so fast. Because, okay, you want more? I'm going to give you more. I want your life. And I said, God, you have it. Take. And he uprooted me from California to Charleston, Maine. Woo, yeah. <laughs> it happened so and so fast, you know, and it wasn't until I was laying in my bed and that the bunk bed in my dorm room and I realized what happened happened. And the girl that was on the bunk uh, the next morning she woke up uh, she said, "So are, are you okay? Are you okay?" I said, "Yeah." Because I I could hear you crying last night. It says because it just dawned on me what happened. But it has been great. But I was at a place where I was ready to hear that word. God had a message for me, and he said, I am your Savior, and I want your life. And I said, yes, I want more. I don't want just to be going to church. I don't want just to be doing life. And it has been awesome, knowing and every step of the way. So why don't you stand with me, please? I should have had you. No, you were standing before. <laughs> but the message is here. Just like the shepherds. A Savior is born for you. Savior for your children. Because he has a word and purpose for them. A Savior for your loved ones and your family. Because Jesus came for them. He has life, purpose, he came to redeem. He came to set the prisoners free. He wants us to live a life full of him, what, how he intended for us to live. That we would take on today the same attitude that the shepherds did when, he, when they said, let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. God has a message for you today. Are you in a place where you can hear it? That your hearts would be open, your minds would be open to say, say, I have come for you. I have come for your children. I have come for your family. I have come that you all, all will have, that we will all have the best life. So why don't you we'll pray, pray together. And if you've never accepted Jesus and you don't know this life that he has for you, just with, just with your word, Jesus, I take that. Forgive me for, for living my own life. I want you to have me, have me. Show me what you have. That's all that's required. Why don't you just take your, 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 take your hand, put it over your heart, and I'm just going to pray for you. You, If you're here today and 
you just want to offer you offer your prayer to God yourself, you go ahead and do that. I'm just going to pray over you. Jesus, I, I thank you for coming. Savior, born for me. For me. To give me, us, new life. To give us strength. To give us freedom. To give us redemption. To give us access to you. God, we are nothing on our own. And we can do nothing to earn your love, to earn salvation, to earn a better life. Only by accepting your message that a Savior is born for you. God, take us, take our hearts, our minds during this, this season that we can just be mindful of that. Recommit our lives to you to receive all that you have for us. We thank you that we will be in a place where we can hear that message and tell others. Let's go and see. Let's go and see. There's a message that needs to get out that you would use us to take that message to others. We thank you for your love today. We thank you for your son, Jesus. As we are together with, with friends, family, during the next few days, that we will always, be, that we will be mindful of that, that we will al align with you and bring the message of your love to those around us. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks for being with us today. Be sure to like and subscribe and visit us at c3swwa.com for more information about our church. 